unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages world without end. And there is that word I preached about Wednesday night. Amen. I got to tell you, if you weren't here Wednesday night, I taught a lesson. I really preached a lesson about amen. And there are two things that word means. The first one that it means is uh, truly, truly. And so whenever we read the Word of God and somebody says what is true in the Word of God, your response needs to be, Amen. If you believe it's true, you ought to shout, Amen. So when I preach today, if I'm preaching truth, I wish you'd say, Amen. But the second thing that it means is, so be it. It means truly, but it also means so be it. So there are some things that God wants to do. And there are some promises that God wants to keep in this house today. But it requires somebody who will step out and say so be it. And I don't know what you walked in here with today. But I hope you came with an amen in your spirit that says so be it God. Let it happen in this place. Clap your hands and give him a shout of praise. God bless you. You may be seated. Belief in the ability of God is under attack. I didn't say that the ability of God is under attack. But belief in the ability of God is under attack. What we believe that God will do. What we believe that God can do is absolutely under attack. We're bombarded every day from every way. We have to deal with the naysayers. We have to deal with the voices that constantly scream out to put doubt in our hearts and in our minds to tell us that our God is limited. We have to deal with the voices that seek to tell us that our God has done all that He can do. That scripture has closed on the miraculous working of the Holy Ghost. And that we will never again see the blind eye open. That we'll never see again the dead raised. That we'll never hear, the deaf will never hear again. But I would tell you today, they can say it all they want. But I believe that the promises of God in Him are yea and in Him. Amen. You've come too late, and you're going to have to help me preach today. I know it's the middle of summer, it's hot outside, and I know a lot of people are on vacation, and we're going to get everybody home soon, and we're going to have some throwdown church. But I'm going to tell you, those of you that are in here this morning, I need your help today, because we've got everybody telling us what God cannot do. We've got everybody telling us that God is limited, that the days of the apostles are over, and we'll never see it happen on that wide again but I say you're wrong I say God can I say God is able I say God is still high and God is lifted up and I'm gonna believe God shout unto him with a voice of triumph hallelujah give me a little bit more volume if you would please he is able and our God can so Paul was trying to remind the church in Ephesus what I am wanting to remind us today. 
Paul was dealing with a generation that was just a little bit removed from the earliest of the early days of the church. They were just a few years removed from the fact that uh, Jesus had been crucified. He had been buried. He had risen from the grave. And then that he had uh, ascended into heaven. They were, they were just a few years away from all of that. And just being a few years away from all of that, they were having to deal with doubters in the church. It's a shame that we've got to deal with doubters outside the church. But it is an absolute uh, disappointment when we begin to have to deal with doubters within the church. If there is anybody who should be able to stand up and say God can, it's people who have seen God do. If there is anybody that says God can heal, it ought to be people that God has healed. If there's anybody that says God can deliver you, it ought to be people that have been delivered by the power of the Holy Ghost. And you came too late to tell me that my God can't. They were just a few years removed and already they're dealing with this this insidious infiltration of doubt within the body of Christ. If they had to deal with it then, Peter would have to deal with it in his epistle. He said they're already scoffers and mockers. And they're already saying, uh, you've been telling us for years that Christ was going to come again. That there would be a second coming and a rapture of the church. You've been preaching it for years, Peter. And Peter said, you don't need to be deceived. And you don't need to, you don't need to allow that to get in your spirit. Because God's word is true. And God said it. And God will perform it. And he is coming back for a people who have made themselves ready. He is coming back for a people who have withstood the onslaught of this world. A people that have withstood every voice that has cried against the word of God. Every voice that has tried to cast doubt upon the word of God. And there are attacks. There are insidious attacks, indirect attacks that are coming against the word of God even today in the day and age in which we live. And I don't know what it's going to be like in, in 30, 40 years when my kids are, uh, are, are uh, middle-aged people and they're trying to be the church in their day and age and, and they're trying to carry all of it. There's no telling what it's going to be like when we get to that point. But if I can preach it into their spirit this morning. That God can. Maybe something will get a hold of them. And whenever they've gone through storm after storm. And maybe whenever they've encountered battle after battle. And God has come through for them. Maybe there will be faith within them that says my God is able. I pray. I pray. I pray. Maybe one of these days one of my kids will be preaching. Or one of my kids will be testifying. And one of them will get up and say I can remember my dad. When we 
we were in that little old church over on Strawfloor Road. I can remember my dad got up and he told us that everything was going to come against it. And everything was going to tell us that it couldn't happen. But my dad preached and said, God can do it no matter what anybody else says. And I pray it gets inside of their spirit. I pray my kids know that we serve a God who can. Paul tells this church at Ephesus, he said, let me just explain it to you once again. Now unto him that is, he is able. He didn't say unto him that was able. He said unto him that is able to do. Our God not only was able to do, but our God is able to do. He is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Paul said, now unto him that is able to do. What's he, what's he going to be able to do, Paul? He's going to be able to do exceeding abundantly. Exceeding abundantly. That's quite a bit. Oh, yeah, that's quite a bit. But watch this. It's exceeding abundantly above. Above what, Paul? It don't matter. It's above all you can ask. It's above all you can think. If you can ask it, God can do more than that. If you can even think it, God can do more than that. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've been praying. I've been asking God for some things. I've been asking God for some things. I've been asking Him for some very specific things. And when we pray as a family every evening, there's something I've been praying every day. My wife's been, my wife uh, heard me praying it and uh, I had mentioned it in this service one time when I was preaching. I, I don't think I mentioned specifically what I was believing. But I said, uh, I told her, she said, what was that you were talking about? And I told her what it was. I said, I'm believing God for this. And she said, don't you think that's a little bit low? I said, I thought it was a great big amount. What I was believing God for. I'm believing God for a great financial blessing in this church to help us get that building to built so we're not going to have a note to carry and be under all that pressure. And, uh, and I was believing God for a certain number. And my wife said, I'm going to double it. So every night, I get convicted every single night, folks. Because I've been over there praying for my amount. And I'll be over there praying for my amount. And my wife's over there, she's praying for double that amount. God, if you're only going to hear one of us, hear her. But it's okay if you hear both of us and give it both. You say, that's crazy. That's beyond. Well, let me just tell you, I've got too many testimonies of crazy and beyond. I've known too many people that God's done too many things for. I know folks that can tell you things that will make the hair on the back of your neck stand up. Where you said there was no way. But God said where there seemed to be no way, He would make a way. God said with man it is impossible, but with God nothing is impossible. He said if you've got me, it can happen. And I'm preaching today about a God that can go above. I'm preaching today about a God that can go beyond anything you can open up your mouth and ask. Anything you can think. And if you're sitting there today and in your head you're saying, I wonder if God could save my children. I'm telling you, He can do more than just save them. He can turn around and use them. Yeah. 
I said he can do more than save them. He can absolutely use them. And you can look up one day and say, how in the world did it happen? I'm going to tell you how it happened. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Our God is able. Our God can. I'm just going to give you a few instances of some things he did in Scripture. I'm just going to share with you what our God can do. Our God can heal the sick in body. There was a day that some men heard that Jesus was in a certain place, in a certain house. And they went and they got their friend who was sick of palsy. That means he had uh, a paralytic issue in his body. And his limbs would not work. And he did not have movement in his body. And all he could do was lay on the bed in which they carried him. But thank God for friends who believe that God can. Thank God for people sitting beside you today who believe that God can. And they said... You get on that corner, you get on that corner, you get on that corner, I'll get on that corner. And they picked up his bed and they began to make their way to the place where Jesus was. And when they got there, there were so many people in the house that they could not get in to where he was teaching. So they climbed up on a roof with their friend. That's what people who believe God can do. <laughs> I'm just going to preach right now. Y'all ready? Let me just rear back and say some things right now. People who believe God can get radical. People who believe God can don't let anything hinder them. People who believe God can, they'll push through a crowd of people and say, if I can only touch the hem of his garment. People who believe God can will climb over pews. People who believe that God can will say, excuse me, excuse me, pardon me. I know I'm in your way. I hope I'm not making you too uncomfortable. But I've got a feeling if I can get to where he is, God's getting ready to do something great in my Excuse me. And here come people. And here they make their way. I know I'm in your way. I'm sorry. Pardon me. Excuse me. Look out just a moment. I've got to get. What are you doing? I'm getting to a God who can. I said I'm getting to a God who can. We need to get radical. We need to let faith rise. Let me ask you a question. If God can, why don't we lift him up believing he will? You may be seated. I'm afraid we've let those voices of doubt infiltrate the church too often. There was a day I may be about to mess up a good message. I had a thought come to me the other day. I wrote it down. I was going to preach it sometime. There are days when the sons of God present themselves before the Lord. Book of Job said, now there came a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them, that accuser of the brethren. That one who, it's his heart's desire 
to destroy everything that God stands for. And to absolutely still kill and destroy your faith. And he came also among them. And the Lord said, where you been? He said, I've been going to and fro in the earth. He said, have you considered my servant Job? He said, I've considered Job. God said, he's an upright man. He's just. Uh, he serves me with his whole heart. And Satan said, that's because you blessed him. That's because your hand's been on him. God said, let me prove something to you. Let me prove something to all my people for all time. I'm going to remove the covering from him. And you go touch him. You can touch whatever you want. Just don't take his life. And Job, Job uh, come, uh, it loses everything he has. Man comes running in. They took your sheep. Another one. They took your, your goats. Another one. They took your camels. He loses everything in one day within the space of just a few hours. Not only that, another final messenger runs in and says, Your children have all passed. They were in a, room, they were in a house celebrating. And a storm came and knocked the house down. And they're all dead, Job. And Job rent his garment. And Job worshipped God. And the devil came back a while later. The Bible said there came another day where the sons of man came to present themselves before the Lord and Satan also among them. And God said, have you considered my servant Job? He said, yeah, I've considered him. But the only reason he's holding on is because you won't let me touch his body. So you let me touch his body and I'll take him out. Let me just tell you something right now. Satan will try to begin with stuff. And if he can't get you with stuff, he'll try to let your body be attacked. And he'll use that attack on your body. And he'll try to cause you to believe that God's not with you. And that God does, isn't for you. And that God's not a healer anymore. But I came to tell you today, that's nothing but a lie. He said, let me touch his body. See, God said, touch his body. Boils came up on him. He was in pain. He was in misery. He would take pieces of, of pottery and he would just scrape the boils trying to get some relief. As he sat in his sackcloth and ashes. And that is what Job had to deal with. I believe we've had too many people come and tell us that God's not able to anymore. And because we've been going through something. That it's the way things are always going to be. But I am telling you today that our God is able. I am telling you today that our God still can. I am telling you today there's too many voices that have gotten within the church. And I rebuke them in the name of Jesus. I rebuke everything that is said you cannot be healed in the name of Jesus. I rebuke everything even if it's come from within you. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. I rebuke everything that says your children cannot be saved in the name of Jesus. I rebuke everything that says you'll never beat that battle of addiction in the name of Jesus. I rebuke it in the name that is above every other name. There was a man. It's a man that was healed in his body. He was a leper. He was one of ten that was healed in his body. And he goes to present himself, present himself with them before the priest. Because the Old Testament law said that if you'd had leprosy, but that the leprosy quit, uh, quit continuing. That, that it, it got to the point where it, the disease died and it just, everything stopped as it was. And it was not progressing. You could go 
to the priest. And the priest would begin to do some things. And they would draw circles around it and all that. Make sure it didn't grow. And so long as it didn't grow, he would say that you were, that you were cleansed. And so ten begin to make their way to the priest to show them that it's not progressing anymore. It's been cleansed. Jesus has touched them. And everything's different now. But one of them on the way said, I can't go do that just yet. I cannot go and show those priests that just yet. Because this is going to stay like it is. This, is. this is done. It's okay. But I may never have a chance to worship him for what he did in this moment again. So I'm going back to where he is. And he makes his way to Jesus. And he falls down and begins to worship him. Now my question is, don't you think that caused a little bit of a commotion and a scene? When a man walks up to Jesus out of the blue, Jesus minding his own business, walking through the town, and yet a man walks up and falls on his knees and says, Oh, Jesus, I've got to thank you and praise you for what you have done for me. There is nobody like... Truly, you are a healer. Truly, you are a mighty God. Truly, there is nobody like you. And he begins to worship him. Don't you know there were people that began to stop and stop? Don't you know there were people who looked at him and they said, what in the world is going on? But a person who knows God can isn't worried about what anybody else thinks. If you know God can, you don't care what I think. If you know God can, you don't care what your neighbor thinks. If you know God can, you don't care how crazy it looks. If it takes me clapping my hands, I'm going to clap my hands. If it takes me shouting, I will shout but I serve a God who can would you stand up on your feet and give him a hand clap and shout a praise come on do it with a shout do it with a shout you can remain standing I've got 11 things I was going to preach that's two of them you can see we're not doing too good. So I'm gonna let, I'm, we're going to get through them real quick. God can heal the sick in body. God can heal the broken body. God can deliver the demoniac. God can destroy the enemy. God can stop the mouths of lions. God can calm the storm. God can keep you when you're in the middle of the fire. God can raise the dead. God can forgive sin. God can restore the prodigal. And God can take what hell has claimed. And he showed it to us. When the Bible said when he was in that grave, he did not hang out in that grave, but he went down into hell. And I like to think of it like I'm a wild man preacher. So I like to think of it like this. He didn't just go in there and knock on... I'm about to be in trouble, y'all. I'm going to get this off before I do anything too radical. I'm not six, seven hundred dollars worth of radical. I don't believe Jesus came in. I need some keys. Anybody got any keys? Oh, you got that's that's teacher keys right there.
Y'all ready? I'm just getting it set up. Don't lose your shout. I don't believe Jesus walked up to the door. Who is it? It's Jesus. May I come in? Hell would have said no way. Jesus didn't come up and knock on the door and say, Excuse me, may I come in please and enter into the place where you are so I can have conversation with you? It's part of our problem. We've been having too much conversation with the devil. We don't even have to talk to him. God can. I don't believe he did it that way. I believe he came up out of that grave. I believe he walked into hell. I believe he got up to that door. If there's a door in hell, I believe he kicked the door over. He said, what are you doing here? I came for these. You can't have them. You try and take them from me. But you can't take those. Oh, yes, I can. They don't belong to you, but I got them anyway. But they're mine. Not anymore, devil. They belong to me now. God can. He can take whatever hell has claimed. Whatever the devil said belongs to him. God can take it. He can take the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And he can take authority over whatever's been bothering you. I said if he could take the keys of death, hell, and the grave, he can take authority over whatever has been bothering you. So I say again, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. He didn't say you had to have the pastor come pray it. He didn't say you had to have some prophet lay his hand on you. He said the power that is within you is enough power for God to work in your situation beyond your imagination. So I ask the question, is there anybody in the room that believes God can? We pray a lot for healing in bodies, and we'll, we'll do that. But I feel a little bit led to go a different direction this morning. If there's anybody in here, and you are facing a difficult or impossible job situation or financial situation. I want you to come out from where you are. Come stand around the front of the church. Don't hold up. Don't wait. Don't stop. Just come on now. You've got, a, you've got an impossible job situation or you've got an impossible financial situation. You believe what I preach. This is amen time, folks. This is amen time. That's it. Come on, come on, come on. Let me just tell you this. In order for amen to work, you've got to respond in obedience to the word of God. Okay? I, I told them Wednesday night, people misunderstand that scripture. For the promises of God in him are yea and in him amen. They think that means no matter what anybody does, no, no matter what, it's all going to come to pass. Not true. Amen means that we are in agreement with what God's word has to say. And so when we agree with what God's word has to say, that's when the promises come to pass. All right? So the promise is this morning, God's going to move in your situation. I'm just prophesying it to you right now. God's going to move in your situation. 
I'm not going to lay hands on you this morning. Uh, No one else is going to lay hands on you this morning. You're going to pray for yourself this morning. But I am telling you in the name of Jesus, God is going to begin to remove obstacles. God's going to bless your your finances. God's going to bless your job. God's going to bless your business. God's going to take care of it in the name of Jesus. Your part. That's his part. Your part. You better be faithful in your tithe and offering. I know I can kill the service right now talking like this. You be faithful with yours and God will be faithful with his. You do do your part, God's going to do his part. But if you believe God can, then you will. So we're going to find out who really believes God can. If you believe he can, then you will. So in the name of Jesus, God, I felt this specific in my spirit to... To begin to pray over this kind of situation. Whatever the job situation is. Whatever the financial situation is. In the name of Jesus God. I am am covering it with your word this morning Lord. (coughs) I have preached this message God. And you have put this in my heart right now. To do this exact thing. So God I believe we're getting ready for miracles to take place. In the lives of these people. Not one of them, not two of them, but all of them. As they are faithful to your word, as they are faithful in tithe and offering, you're getting ready to open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing they cannot contain. Now would you lift your hands and would you begin to claim it and pray it in the name of Jesus. I told you all I felt radical about what I was preaching today. Somebody ought to put their hand on their own head today. Somebody ought to put their hand on their own head today and pray it in the name of Jesus. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. In the name of Jesus. 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 We claim it, Lord. We claim it in your mighty name. Now, if you're here and there is some impossible situation in your life, outside of what we just prayed for, don't pray for that again. If there's some impossible situation in your life, maybe it has to do with a family situation, maybe it has to do with a sickness in your body, I don't know, whatever it is. But there is an impossible situation in your life. But you know that God can. I wish you began to do something radical right now. Don't, don't just do your, what you would normally do. Do something out of the norm for you right now. If you would normally clap, then you ought to maybe leap. If you would normally lift your voice, then maybe you ought to dance a little bit. But right now, if you'll respond in faith, God's getting ready to break some yokes and destroy some yokes in the name of Jesus. I release you to do it right now in Jesus' name. That's it. Go ahead, Ethan. Go ahead, Ethan. There you go. Go ahead, babe. Go ahead. Do something different. Do something out of the ordinary. Do something that lets God know you're serious about. One man climbed a tree. One woman crawled on the ground. 
Whatever you, one man came back to worship. Whatever you've got to do, do it right now so that God's word can be made manifest. I wish the rest of the church would step out right now. Come on, gather around the front. Come on, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. Worship him. Praise him. Magnify him. Glorify him. Come on, come on, don't let it die, don't let it die. God can. God can. God can. What can God? God can go all the way into hell. God can go all the way into hell. And God can take the keys to something like death, hell in the grave. God can do it. If God can do that, God can heal your body. If God can do that, God can restore your marriage. If God can do that, God can run a devil out of your family. If God can do that, God can rebuke the fear off of your life. If God can do that, there is no end. You can't think it. You can't say it. But that my God can't do more than.